Seasoned vets of the purest, best of sport you can follow, and you rookie fight fans, welcome to the cage for your tightest coverage of the UFC and all things mixed martial arts. This is Better Fight Cast. Leading today's schooling like usual is Joe Neubauer, our resident MMA historian who's been living and breathing the fight since he was a kid scouring video store shelves for Pride VHS tapes at Jono's MMA. What an action-packed weekend for combat sports. Let's talk, guys. To help me bridge the gap between fans new and old, Gabrielle Tambowin is somewhere between a fight historian and a rookie like myself at Gabby underscore T. What up, guys? I am Matt Crocomo, a credentialed writer and personal trainer exploring how to maximize every day of the human experience at Matthew J. Better. Here, all of us also on Better Health and World, where we dig into the health, behavior, comedy, and culture of what it is to be a human animal. Get that and this on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. And now, let us delve together into this glorious, inspiring combat. Joe, what should we know? A lot. I mean, what a fantastic weekend for combat sports in the world of kickboxing, boxing, mixed martial arts, whatever your poison is, pick it, and all of it was great. I thought it was, I was fully entertained. I mean, my appetite for, how do I want to say this, fights or violence, which is the correct way to say that. <laughs> On Saturday was definitely fulfilled. Well, there are two different things that overlap heavily, and they are something that speak to us. What we want as 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 humans, mm. you know, as far as being a human animal, we want to see that combat. Like we want these are our gladiators. This is what we get mm-hmm. to see. This is, and it's interesting because uh, they in apparently there's I think it was an Adam ruins everything. I'll I'll take take control in just a second, but I do. This is one of the things that really likes me about the, the, how this is like the pure best sport we can follow because it is it, it's the least. The, the 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 judges can get in the way the the least there's only so much chicanery that can go on and these are our gladiators fighting it out in the ring pure competition and back in the day they didn't kill each other either they just fought for so they could fight again so I, they really are the modern day gladiators if that's true or they're close to it mm-hmm. much more than anything else that is offered to us right now mm. NFL players being second best maybe mm. all right but yeah, I mean, uh, Lomachenko, what a performance he put on ESPN on mm. Saturday night That for a boxing contest. And I'm going to get that out of the way first. Mm, he looked Spurred through it. Absolutely fantastic. What a great fight. Him and Jorge Linares. Linares dropped him in the middle of the fight. And then ultimately, Lomachenko just proved to be way too much and hit him with a, it looked like a liver shot in the 10th round, which subsequently put Linares away. Mm. Absolutely fantastic botch. The build-up from the first round to the 10th round was fantastic. Loved everything about it. But that's all I can say about the boxing world. It's the only boxing contest I watched, and I was thoroughly happy with it. So, I know you're probably tired of hearing about it, but Joe, Gabby, what do you guys make of the corner controversy at UFC 24? Ladies first. So we're talking about uh, Mackenzie Dern in the fourth round. It was your tri- night. Right? Not Mackenzie Dern. No, no, no. You're, you're thinking of, this is the problem with Yeah, there it. was this, a lot of issues right with women's starts. MMA. Yes. There no, was a couple of issues. Right Not Mackenzie Dern. I'm sorry. Getting the names. You got it. You got it. Who is it? Who was it? See, this is what happens. Nobody knows. Amanda Nunez, Man- in my opinion. No, I know. The most disrespected there you go. fighter in mixed martial arts today. Here's what I think about the corner controversy at UFC 224. Let's get over it. Let's be done with it, okay? The, I hated how the media mm. completely on blew Sunday it up. morning and Monday morning completely blew this up and made this out into such a big ordeal. For you rookies, Raquel Pennington told her corner in between the fourth and fifth round that she was done, she wanted to be done, and they talked her into going back in, and she got banged up even more. She was already banged up, and a lot of people are butthurt about it. And some people are saying it's, it's not it's, that big a deal. It's what happened. And we found out Chiefly later Brent. in the day on Monday exactly what happened when Raquel Pennington, I mean, Raquel Pennington came out and speak out about the situation. But until Raquel Pennington came out and spoke about that situation, the media blew this thing up and completely berated Raquel Pennington's corner. Because Raquel Pennington turned around, looked her coach in the eyes, and said, I wanted to be out of the mm-hmm. fight. The coach looked well, at her calmly. She said, I'm done. I want to be done. And the coach looked at her calmly and said, you're okay. We'll deal with the, the wounds later. We will get through this. Didn't, get back out there. Didn't one of them say, no, 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 Well, that's what a corner's supposed to do. Right. Like I said. Like, they were not calm. They were excitedly. Were, I can't even speak of, on this. Because I'm not a fighter. Mm. I do not know what it's like to get inside that octagon, 
the ring, the cage, any type of Florida combat sports. I don't even know what it's like to train right. for it. Was well, there anybody's but opinions on this that you do trust? I do know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are corners for a reason. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why every fighter has a corner. Because mm-hmm. if she didn't need a corner, why didn't she just go out there by herself and have nobody to talk to? A corner is there to train you, help you, but also encourage you and push you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She exactly. made the decision to turn around and get back in the fight. Um, it was crazy because earlier that, that, that same telecast of uh, the MMA Hour, Eddie Alvarez was talking about how he felt the same exact way in his fight against Gilbert Melendez. Mm. He had a broken orbital bone and a broken nose after the first round. Mm. Looked at his coach. His coach could tell he was down and almost out, and he encouraged him to get back in there. And let me put it this way. Eddie Alvarez ended up winning the fight and then the next fight winning the world title. Yeah, I mean, she, she, you know, that, you know, she could take her down. She could get a submission. Something could happen. This she was not just won. any fight. She could have won. Yeah. This so, was not yeah. just any fight. This so was I a get championship it. fight. They call it championship rounds mm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. She was getting beat, but it wasn't like it the wasn't worst beating I ever beat saw. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. A, we had a long discussion. Now that was this was one of the things we discussed on the ride home from you know watching the fights at at the restaurant. We I just said I was like. That you're in a championship fight, you go the five rounds. You do what you got to do, and that's what the corner is there for. They don't. If you want you to have a good corner, they're gonna push you. You don't want coaches that are gonna let you give up. No, you want people that are gonna push you to do your best. And it wasn't like she was getting completely beat down, mm-hmm. where like people were like, you need to throw in the towel for her. Like she's getting crushed. It was a really good. It was. Well, the- she was getting beat, but she still could, had a chance. And I think that her corner pushed her, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. She could have made the decision to stop if she really wanted Every to stop. Every fighter that's weighed in has said, you know, there is that regret. Like, that's what you did that's when you I, got yeah. to the championship fight. I mean, it's not like she was really, really hurt. Yeah. You know, she was she was mentally right. broken. But not completely. I mean, sometimes you need that extra push or motivation. And everything came full circle when Raquel Pennant spoke out and is actually thanking her corner yeah. and has grown closer to them and, and realizes that this is the corner for me. Mm. Every fighter They made is sure she exactly. left it all on the mat. Yeah. And my, my, my biggest thing is nobody should even be commenting about this except for a fighter or a coach. Right. The media, everybody that berated, I mean, when this first came out, they completely... Do they realize they destroyed... Raquel Pennington's corner with this narrative. Mm-hmm. This is the narrative you want to stick to. This is the only thing I'm hearing about on mm-hmm. Sunday morning and Monday morning. All the great things that happened in combat sports on Saturday. The only thing I'm hearing is that Raquel Pennington's corner and how they should be fired and they are a disgrace to MMA. Well, well you guys as media are a disgrace to MMA. The fact that this is the only topic we're talking about. This is the narrative you're pushing. Mm-hmm. And you guys talk completely out of your ass on this whole conversation i am i was disgusted as an mma fan that next day there was so much more to talk about than that oh here's something to talk about what about amanda nunez the girl that made her one wait who's that again who's that again oh you're the champion nobody's talking about how glorious of a champion she is nobody's talking about the fact that she went into championship rounds and against raquel pennington and broke her Mm -hmm. literally and how great of a champion she has been since she has won that title. Nobody's talking about that. Who's doing the media rounds on Monday morning on ESPN? The MMA Hour. Everything else. Raquel Pennington. Where's Nunez? Yeah, the person this who is, wanted to give up in the fourth round is the one that's getting all the attention, not the person who actually won. Yeah. Like, this is what we do? I understand it was a good topic. It was a good discussion. Obviously, people saw different people sides. People like the debate. There is two sides to this, and you can debate it. I get that. But the way they absolutely berated Raquel Pennington's corner, I thought was disgusting. I thought it was disgusting. Okay? They are the same media that gets so butthurt and sensitive when Dana White calls you out. You know, you say it's hurting your career, it's ruining your legacy, or whatever, when you get bullied by the boss. Well, what do you think you just did to Raquel Pennington's corner? The hip hypocrisy in MMA media or not just MMA media the media in general that's a different that's a different you know like 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 path to go down <laughs> on media in general but you guys are turning into the same media I see in every world and this is what turns me off to a lot of things you guys have to realize you push the narrative and you guys push a very important one your job is to write mixed martial arts Let's stick to mixed martial arts things. Stop sticking up so much for the fighters, and you're not ta- you. You really don't know what you're talking about because you're not one. 
Only the fighters should be the ones really fighting for the union, for the profits, for bigger pays, for the for the sponsorship deals. Like I get it, you guys are trying to help, but you're starting. Well, to go I a don't too agree far. with that necessarily, but they should be educated on what they're talking about and not just be going for headlines and clickbait. I mean, it's the media's job to seek the truth and that and then the unions and everything else is part of that sorry i'm getting a little worked up like i said right i, I, I mean hopefully it's hopefully you know it sounds like raquel pennington's corner even though they're getting trashed by this tmz-ish clickbaity media but it sounds like they're not gonna they're not worried about job security because mm-hmm. what she's saying is true and i buy that and if all and if like you're if you're saying that most of the fighters and coaches are got got their back everybody's back on this and they don't think it's an issue, then I have no problem with it. Like, good good for their corner, good for her, good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, the I, biggest you know, thing, and I told Sean Neubauer this earlier, that the media has to understand about this sport. And sometimes I feel like they missed the cue here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a violent sport. Mm-hmm. You have to, you got to get used to that. This is a violent sport. Not everything is fair in this sport. I mean, you berated this corner, but what about Jack Hermanson, who fought on the prelims earlier, who in the second round, in the beginning of it, broke his rib. He was wincing and screaming in pain throughout the whole second round. You want to talk about a guy that should have had the towel thrown in or quit? Should have been him. But you know what he did? He went to his corner. His corner pumped him up. He came out in the third round and won. He won the fight with a broken freaking rib. And this guy looked like he couldn't even walk. It was incredible stuff. That's but boss. Yet, not one mention. Not one yeah. mention. And he was in the same position as Amanda Nunez. I mean, not Amanda, Raquel Pennington. Yeah. Sort of. Well, it's not the drama with the corner and everything, and there's no easy person to be like, ugh, you know, sick him. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no easy villain. Yeah, I mean, I was fired up about this on Sunday and Monday. I just... I love the media at times. Don't get me wrong, MMA media. I like a lot of them. I listen to their podcasts. I think they have some great debates. They have great points on a lot of things. But this one, I felt they got completely wrong. And I still just, I have this thing where I just feel so bad for for Kel Pennington's corner. Because a lot of fighters were coming out like, hey, I hope somebody does that in my corner. And I feel like they're the only ones that can talk about this. And they jumped the gun and pushed a narrative and fought for a narrative that just wasn't there. It wasn't like that. Like yeah, the way they made it out. To they're be. grasping at straws, just like we would have been before the card, because it's not a very compelling card. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's well, cool; it's got a championship fight, but the fight's not that compelling either. You know? mm-hmm. Well, the fights turned out to be so good this weekend that it's it's a it's shame. Us- that, it's a shame that they focus. It's funny on, how often that happens. It's a shame that, that that's that's what they chose to focus on. The, this weekend deserved more than that. All right, enough of that topic. How are the fights? As she was just alluding to, the fights were absolutely amazing last oh, weekend. So good. For cars that so the, good. I hate to get on the media again, for most part said, you know, especially 224, the undercar was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard people say that. And I, I, when, you know, when You're I saying beforehand doing, they said that. Yes. Now, when I was doing research on it, and you can count on me on this podcast and other podcasts that I was on, I have always said 224 was a good night of fights. I said from top to bottom. If you watch that card, you are going to enjoy yourself if you are a mixed martial arts fan. The only problem I had with UFC 224 was that $65 price tag. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money to ask somebody mm-hmm. to pay for an event, especially an event that just didn't have the name value. Is that extra 5 bucks still just a little lingering insult? Just because it's it just it's just a little too much, just a little too just just 60, it's like 65. a it's like a sim, no. symbol. Well, it's been sixty it's been forever. Steadily going. I'm sure it'll be a hundred in two years. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not that. It's just that they have so many pay per views a year that it's it's getting kind of, you know, they they have to put on you know some pay per views that are not going to be as good as others. And, well, like I but said, the, but sometimes the ones that have the lowest expectations end up doing the best. Well, no, it, it's the matchmaking. Yeah. And the matchmaking in the UFC, Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, and I'm sure Dana White has his hands in the matchmaking also. They are phenomenal. Best matchmakers in the world by a mile. They are in that position for a reason. And they know what they're doing when they put these fight cards together. Because I always say when you watch a UFC event, how often do I say, wow, there is absolutely nothing to talk about. What a dud of a night. You don't get that very often. And you didn't get it on UFC 224. UFC 224, from top to bottom, from the first fight to the last fight, was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining. I give it a grade nice. of A+, plus as far as, 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 as stuff to talk about afterwards. As far as great performances. It had like 11 finishes 
or something crazy like that. Yeah, it was like every fight was getting finished. It was. I mean, was you can't ask for more than that. I mean, that's what you want. You want, yeah. uh, and it sounded like I mean, and the fights were still sort of going the distance, even though they were finishing. They did a lot of them end early, or they still they were still. You got everything you wanted. Yeah. Let me yeah. just put it that yeah. way. You had three round wars, two of them that were fight of the nights. Well, one got the fight of the night war, but the other one should have. I feel like they should have also. But you had, you just had everything. You had spinning self knockouts. You had Ezekiel chokes. You had Jack Hermanson who broke nice. his rib, came back, and ended nice. up pulling his, his opponent in the third round. A true veteran in Talis Latis. I mean, just, impor- just important and very impressive performances from top to bottom. Very even mixed martial arts. It was a it was great contest. Um. You know, uh, the thing, the problem I had was when, when I heard certain, I'm not, like, I, like I told Sean Neubauer earlier, I'm not going to call out names, but when I heard certain media call out the undercard and said it was bad fights, I feel like they weren't educated enough or did their research on who was on the undercard. Mm. But yet, then they would turn around and talk about the worst fight of the night, in my opinion, as far as skill-wise, talent-wise, uh, where they're at in their careers, was getting the most love, and that was Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Bobby Cooper. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it, I didn't call it on this podcast that we did together, but I did call it with Sean Newbauer last week. I said, make the biggest story going in the UFC 224, Mackenzie Dern is not going to make weight, or she's going to have severe trouble making weight. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she has in her last couple fights. Of course, I never expected it to be seven pounds overweight. That's just so said, disrespectful to your opponent. She's missed weight for half of her fights, right? Three out of seven. Fights. Three out of seven, yeah. That that to me is just unacceptable in as both an MMA UFC fighter. fights, right? Her last three fights. No, last one, did she make it in her last fight? Did she? I can't remember. Can you please look that up, Gabby? Um, I can't remember if she made it in her last I just knew she had a lot of trouble. Mm. She might have her. She, she might have been a pound off. I don't know. I remember you talking about her back, like way I back. I said before when. she came way, to the UFC, way back, she should have been one twenty. Way back when, Dominic you were Cruz basically her up, said but. she cheated, and that she's trying to. He thinks that you know her coming. It's not just once, but three times out of seven times now. Like that's an advantage. He considers that basically to be cheating. Like he thinks she's doing it. She's either. She's, I'm not saying she's doing it on purpose, but she is getting an advantage over her opponent whether she really is intending to or not. And doing like my own research with it and finding out that she got kicked out of her you know training camp because she's not 100%. She wasn't 100% dedicated. She wasn't showing up enough that the coaches said like we're not yeah. going to train you. It doesn't sound like she's taking this seriously. And to me, that's disrespectful. Like we don't want to watch somebody that's not 100% dedicated to this. We want those people that are passionate about it and want to win, not somebody who just trains when they wants to, comes in into the fight five days before, 20 pounds over her weight, thinking she's going to mm. make it. Like, I, in her diet, she looked terrible in the fight because looking at her... Oh, like, she, she didn't look even, terrible in the fight. She no, 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 no not, not talking about oh, her performance. Okay. I'm talking about her, talking about her physically. Body her mm. physically came out. I'm like, she does not look in shape. And to me, that's just... Gabby so saw quarter pounders. It was this. It was quarter, yeah. Double quarter pounders with cheese. That's she what she even saw. Said, she said her diet's not been very good. I mean, I she is going to the UFC Institute now. She says to you know fix her. Well, she has to do she, something. She has to. Mm. That's you can't do that. All right, well, let's like, stick to this topic real quick. On on let let's start with the seven pounds being overweight and what this means. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, so far That's and, and, and Donna Cruz saying it's like cheating, and I do agree because the one thing I do know about everybody that has been overweight, has won their fights over the people that still accepted the fight on those terms, you know, to fight the person overweight. Everybody that came in and did their job has lost. Right. You always say statistics don't lie. But this girl doesn't have the clout necessarily to forego that or doesn't want to upset the company. Like, it's a tricky thing. Well, she was told to stop cutting weight. She was told... Not... who Mackenzie Dern was? Yes. She was told to well, stop. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the challenger because Mackenzie Dern is a bigger name than yeah. Well, um, she, yeah, who? She's Amanda. Be, what's her Amanda name? Bobby, Bobby Cooper. Cooper. Amanda Bobby Cooper. It, it, she's not. An, it's not easy. Is easy for her to turn down this super fight. She says she <laughs> wanted to fight no matter what. Fight. Well, yeah, well, Amanda, she's, Bo- she's up and coming. She doesn't want to miss her chance. On you know. Well, why would she? What were they like? The third or fourth main card on this or main fight on this card? It was or the something? most talked about fight going into it. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't yeah. Amanda Bobby, Bobby Cooper want to take the fight when she even a, even if she loses, she gets thirty percent 
of her show bonus or show money and then fi- an extra additional 15% of her win bonus if she beat her. Well, so she got she so Mackenzie Durr lost like I think it was like 14,000 almost $14,000 total. And it all goes to Amanda and it all Bobby goes Cooper. Amanda Body Cooper I mean, that's and she, good. she and she missed Mackenzie Durr also missed out if she had made weight and had the performance she did, she probably would have got the 50 50,000 you know, performance of the night bonus, but she didn't. What about for a penalty, they get an automatic rematch and you got to make weight? Well, Wouldn't that I, be nice in a utopia? I know that's very unrealistic. Do I think it's cheating? What I was going to, I would say, I, I would say so. that it's it, it's it's great that she gets the money. It's great she doesn't lose. Does it hurt her getting her next fight, whoever that might be, no. the fact that she lost this? Okay, well, what if she loses that fight? Then here's, she's on a two-fight losing streak, and she can be judged unfairly based on that. So it still stinks, but you got to do what you got to do, and I'm glad that she fought, and I don't order, and I, she, she almost had no choice. This is how I sum up this whole situation, the whole Mackenzie Dern thing. First of all, it's crazy that, that when media is saying the undercard is bad, but yet they're pushing the Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Bobby Cooper fight the most. This was the most experienced level of mixed martial arts on this card. Okay, uh, Mackenzie Dern was coming into her like her seventh or eighth professional bout. Of course, transitioning from the jiu-jitsu world, she's still fairly. Isn't young this only her like her third years. UFC fight? Am I wrong? This is her, her second. second. Okay, Amanda Bobby uh, Cooper okay. came in with a record of four and three. I mean, this wasn't the highest level of mixed martial arts right. on this card right now. This shouldn't even been on the main card, but. Name sell, mm. the real stuff doesn't, and that's just a fact, and that's also another media narrative. Like while you're trashing the rest of the card, you're pushing this one the most. Mm. Okay, she came in seven pounds overweight. Is that cheating? Yes, I do think that's a form of cheating. She's Australian. I personally There's think Amanda a Bobby Cooper should have been paid her show money, and she. Sh- I think somebody should have been like, you know what, this wasn't a main event. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't. I, I, I love Amanda Bobby Cooper's attitude, but if I was her coach, I would have, you know, something has to be done. I would have talked to UC like, hey, that's seven pounds overweight, bro. That, that's a little big. The, the statistics aren't in our favor. Let's live the fight another day. We'll give her the rematch, but she has to come in and wait, and I think that's fair. Or you showed up and you did your job. Amanda Bobby Cooper gets to cut off a finger. Yeah. One of Raquel Pennington's. But then the performance happened. Or and- here. Mackenzie Dern actually showed a different side to her striking. I mean, she she didn't use her weight to beat Amanda Bobby Cooper in this fight. She did come out and actually outstruck her, which everybody said That's Amanda cool. Bobby Cooper was better on the feet if it was to come well, down to that. She knocked her out and then I think applied the choke. It started with the big punch, though. Give a little respect with an asterisk. But for... Mackenzie Dern, I will defend her in one aspect. Yes, did she screw up? Yes, she did. Mm. But we have seen a lot of people screw up, including Khabib Nurmagomedov, including uh, the two fighters, the fighter that fought before her and the fighter that fought after her. Everybody that fat-shamed her and got on her so bad and said she was such a unprofessional fighter at the same time was probably going... Go John Lineker and go Kelvin Gaslam. Mm. Two guys that have notoriously missed weight mm. and have been kicked out of their division and made to move up a weight class. Mm-hmm. She is young in her career, guys. I do think she's going to set the ship right. She is a jiu-jitsu champion of the world for a reason. Multiple times. She is a fantastic athlete. Whether it's going to be at 125 or she gets a little more serious in her young career, gets with the UFC Performance Institute, and figures out the proper and healthy way to cut the weight, I think she's going to get there. Let's not write her off like she's the biggest villain in MMA yet until we see what she does next. Because mm. nobody was more mad she's... at a particular fighter than I was at Khabib Nurmagomedov for about a full year. That is a fact. So let's not let's let's wait and see. But go ahead, Gabby. What were you saying? No, I was just gonna say. You know, I don't think she's the biggest villain in the world for what she did, but she needs to earn back my respect. I'm someone. The, my favorite fighters are the ones that I feel like are dedicated to it. I just don't see that dedication in her. So she, you know, I just need to see that for me to become a fan. Fair enough. Fair enough. But. On UFC 224, like I said, great fights from top to bottom. Let's move over to Bellator 199. I got to give it to Bellator again. I, I, I mean, I wasn't craziest about their their last event. I said I did like the Fedor versus Frank Mir moment. Mm. I did think that was pretty special. But as far as the rest of the card, I wasn't the craziest about it. Um, I just the fighters and who they were fighting. I didn't think it was very level. 
mixed martial arts competition. Not compelling. And, yeah, yeah. We want compelling. We're competitive. That's what we're here for. There's a reason why there were so many finishes mm-hmm. so quick. But Bellator 199, I mean, I was into the Ryan Bader versus King Mo fight. Mm. I thought it was the unofficial light heavyweight title fight in Bellator for Ryan Bader's title. And I was like, man, like, could we have some controversy? If King Mo was to beat Ryan Bader, would he be the unofficial light heavyweight champ, even though they're fighting at heavyweight? Mm. But that wasn't the case. Ryan Bader came out and smashed King Mo in 15 seconds, just Mm -hmm. put a hurting on him and fast. He got in, he got out, and he is ready for the next leg of this heavyweight tournament. And with this being said, the four winners I see right now from this heavyweight tournament, when it first opened, I said this thing is a huge joke. But right now, looking at the four winners and the two matchups that have been made out of this after the first round, Bellator's gaming in a little bit of momentum right now. And I'm not I mean, saying they have an edge, but it's given us something to talk about with this tournament format. And, I mean, the four that are left, this this might make one believe a little bit more. in the. If MMA. they put them both on the same card, that's a pretty interesting card. I mean, the MMA gods might have helped a little bit. This might convert an MMA theist. Let me put it this oh, way. If you oh, if you were a fan oh, or Bellator matchmaker, the four Hashtag. people you wanted to see go through and the matchups you wanted more than likely went through. I mean, Chael Sonnen versus Fedor Emelianenko, and now a very interesting matchup where their real only heavyweight in Bellator in mm-hmm. Matt Mitrione, mm-hmm. other than Czech Congo, of course, who it's crazy he's not in this tournament. Uh, Matt Mitrione, their only true heavyweight, who perennially probably would have the title around his waist if they didn't have this tournament, mm. is fighting the light heavyweight champ, Ryan Bader. Mm. I'm super intrigued in this fight. Oh, yeah. Um, if they were in the UFC, this would never happen, mm. but this is not the UFC. And outside of the UFC, if you're a promotion, you got to do what you got to do to try to get some tickets. Yep. At least this is two legit fighters. There's, And I actually think Ryan Bader has a great chance oh, yeah. of beating Matt Mitrione. Mm-hmm. A this very could go, good chance. This could go any way. This could go any way. That's, so, that's compelling. Yeah, as far that's as cool. what they've done lately, the, 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 the Johnny come lately at the end of this, after the first round, man, like, I'm into it. Like I mean, it is funny I'm that ready. it's heavyweight, but they're light heavyweights. It is what it whatever. is now. It caught my that's eyes. Fine. It got. It has me interested. Fine. I still think Ryan Bader's Fighting the oligopoly of the UFC. I like it. Let's bring some competition. Let's do it. Let's do it. But I think the tournament format has kind of worked, as in I think they're gaining a little bit of viewership with the tournament yeah. format. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a big jump, but there's there's interest there. And I yeah. think they're on the heels yeah. of a pretty good event yeah. later this year because of it. Bless you. Thank you. Had to get that out. <laughs> I'm allergic to a lot of things this week. Yeah, you'll have that. A lot of allergens. Physically, but, socially. <clears throat> Brian Bader very much so impressed me in the main event. The co-main event, John Fitch did what he did. Adam Piccolotti, I thought, put on a great performance against Carrington Banks. That was actually a... Com- you know, it wasn't the, the biggest barn burner in the world, but I'm into competitive fights, and I mm. felt like that was a very competitive mixed martial arts contest, and I enjoyed it. But the biggest thing coming out of Bellator 199, and I have been calling this for a while now, the performance Aaron Pico put on. Again, this guy... He has one loss in his debut. Of course, he's 0-0 zero zero coming in against a 10-fight veteran and got choked out. Learned that lesson at lightweight, dropped to featherweight. Since going to featherweight, he is now 3-0 and and three highlight real finishes. Hmm. I mean, they are gift-worthy. They're meme-worthy. You see him plastered all over the internet. This, young's man career, this young man's career is just starting to take off. Nice. He looks legit. I still think he's going to be a champion before his 10th professional fight. Can we all get that name one more time? Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico. I mean, he was a, a, a phenom in the wrestling world, before he, and he was a former Golden Glove champion. He's so young. He's now, of course, making them cross over to mixed martial arts, and he looks every bit possible to be one of the top stars in mixed martial arts in the world, whether he stays with Bellator, goes to the UFC, wherever he wants to go. I think he is must-see TV, and I think everybody needs to start watching out for him. Well, the Golden Glove implies that boxing is his strength. No, wrestling is his strength. Oh, okay. That's the thing. Okay, good. Boxing and wrestling are his strengths at a very young age. So this kid's just evolving. I see special things in his future. future. And I think, I I, I mean, Bellator's got a golden nugget here, yeah. They truly have a golden nugget. What's the division? It's 145 pounds. Okay. It's the featherweight division. Okay. Aaron Pico. Yes. Yes. So, 
So how are the ratings battles for MMA and boxing on Saturday? Break it down for me, Joe. Ratings battle. As we know, as we love to talk TV deals, we love to talk ratings. This is a very interest that I think me, Matthew J. Better, and Gabby over here has. We like to follow these things closely. Mm-hmm. Numbers, stats, metrics, it helps us peel, find the truth. Yeah. Well, without the them, whether they're good or bad, they tell you the future they of tell the you company something. or what's yeah. going on with, with the sport. Give you something to work with. Figure stuff out. Well, on Saturday night, there was top-ranked boxing on ESPN. There was Bellator 199 and the UFC 224 prelims, which eventually led to the UFC mm-hmm. 224 The combat sports were duking it out. All going on at the same time. Yep, yep. Now, I don't know pay-per-view numbers, but I do know what was on TV mm-hmm. as it's been released. I mean, these aren't the absolute final numbers, mm-hmm. but this is what happened. The winner on Saturday night in the ratings battle was rightfully so Vasily Lomachenko on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Now... He better have. And I'll tell you why. Not only did he average over a million viewers, but he peaked at almost 1.5 million viewers. I mean, that's this a is free perennial. boxing match yeah, that free you boxing. could have charged. You could have charged paper. This could have been a pay-per-view. His next fight should be pay-per-view. This could have been a, I mean, considering, I mean, and that's, I, I mean, boxing is mostly boring. There have been a couple of good things lately, but, you know. The, this is yeah, the best. This, this is the best thing they got to offer. This very well could have been a pay-per-view, which could have also outsold all these now, things. between so, him and Anthony damn well Joshua. better have beat those for him free on the ESPN. Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. Mm. This is the best possible thing you have going on in boxing right now, in my opinion. He is a future pay-per-view star. He's the one coming up in the ranks. He's the youngest ever to catcher. Three different titles in three different weight classes. He just beat out Oscar De La Hoya's record. He is a stud. That that boxing match did not disappoint. But if he was, if if this was anything lower, if this wouldn't have beaten out the UFC mm-hmm. prelims, not the pay per view. I'm talking prelims. Yeah, they met their or expectations. Bellator 199. Then there would be serious concern, and I would I would be scared <laughs> if I was boxing or Vasily or top rank or or Vasily Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Jorge Linares, all of I would be, I would be very worried. But there's nothing to worry about. They did come out on top. I'm glad a lot of eyeballs got to see that. I give her respect where respect is due, and that's one of the pound for pound best combat sports athletes going on in the sport today. His greatness amazes me. I can't wait to see what he does next. Good for them. Now, the runner up, second place, goes to Bellator 199. <laughs> all right. Now, for Bellator 199, I don't know how much, like I said, these aren't final numbers. I have been wrong about this before. But as of right now, Bellator 199, this was one of their kind of bigger events, right? Because they don't do pay-per-view. This is a solid card. I'm happy for them. They don't do anything else. I'm genuinely happy for them. But the main event was Ryan Bader versus King Mo, which is was one of the best fights they could put together. Aaron Pico was on the card. Not bad. I'll take it. Paramount is estimating around 453,000 buys, and CMT is estimating around 152,000. So total, between two places to watch it, they did 605,000. Nice. I don't know if this is very good or yet or not. I don't know. Like I said, I need to know the final number with the DVR and whatever, all that stuff that comes into it. I'm not really sure about this. Because, yes, they were in second place. I guess it's not terrible in today's Mm -hmm. TV standards. Mm -hmm. But the UFC 224 prelims did an average of 574,000 people watching. Mm. But here, let me break down what so the UFC did wrong. Their free stuff was not too far behind. Well, this was their the prelims. best that Bellator had to yeah. offer. Yep. It was headlined yep. Yep. by Sergio Marias and uh, the guy from Dana White Contender Series, Carl Roberson. Okay, mm. that was the headliner for it. I even had trouble thinking of the name. Yeah. I mean, this is just the prelims. Um, you could be lying to me. It's the third lowest prelims in history watched for UFC, which is a great indicator that the pay per view is not going to do well. That is an indicator right there. Mm. Every time they're really low like this, they don't do so hot on pay per view, and the numbers usually don't lie. And I don't see it being any different here. We we predicted this to be one well, of the lowest. Well, when we say that the time. numbers aren't going to be well, does that include international numbers? All I can go off of is North America. Okay. I'm not sure about that. I mean, it didn't even look... The stadium... I mean, the um, arena didn't even look full in Brazil. I don't even know if it was a sellout. So that's something to talk about there. Hmm. 
Any other problem with the UFC 224 prelims? You know what I didn't know? Hmm. They were on FX. I didn't know that. I don't know if anybody else knew that, but I found out like five (laughs) minutes before it started. I have it on FS1. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I'm ready to uh, watch some fights. I honestly went looking for them on the WWE channel. Didn't work. So, yeah, they weren't on FS1 like usual. They were on FX. Mm. I think if I didn't know that, and I am deep in the MMA (laughs) game, okay? If I didn't know that, I assure you a lot of other people didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. So I think that would also affect their DVR ratings, in my opinion. I'm just guessing. I don't know. But what the hell, man? Like, let's get this a little bit more together. This this balance of where the programming ends up, it is confusing to me. Mm-hmm. It is confusing. I, well, I don't hopefully be... that will be cleared up with the TV deal. Yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. But for 224, it's not looking good for the pay-per-view as far as buys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bellator, like I said, they beat the UFC. Not by much, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost a tie. I mean, this was the Bellator. This was a bigger event for them. This was just the prelims for a UFC pay-per-view mm-hmm. where people are actually spending money mm-hmm. to watch next. Um, I don't know. Big win for ESPN, though. Congratulations, as they were the real winner as far as TV ratings go on Saturday night. Yeah. So good for them. Good for them. But yeah, as you were saying about the TV ratings, or no, the TV deals. Is this true? What's the report I'm reading that UFC is still going to keep the same pay-per-view format of 12 to 13 a year? Yeah, man. I saw a report of that. It's coming out of Bloomberg Magazine. The CEO, I mean COO, Lawrence Epstein Mm -hmm. of UFC, uh, said that they are still negotiating all of the UFC's TV rights. That includes the 12 pay-per-views, the 12 pay-per-view prelims, and 15 other events. Like I said, they're still negotiating. You're hearing Fox and NBC are the front runners. Um, but from what people are speculating, they don't think they're shying away from the 12 pay-per-view-a-year format. Now, I can't say 100% that this is true yet. The only thing I am going to say, if this comes out and they're still doing the same amount of pay-per-views as they are doing now... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be a little upset. It's just so expensive. We need to change this format. It's so expensive to be a UFC fan. I mean, Nunez versus um, uh, Pennington this weekend. Uh, you forgot, too. You guys are so cute. a main <laughs> example. It should be a prime example of why you need to find another format. Because asking people, because this was a great mixed martial arts card. The two cards I have seen so far. The best ones out of all of the events they've thrown on. I thought the UFC 221, which had the, uh, it was Yo Romero versus uh, Luke Rockhold in the main event. And then, of course, this one, UFC 224, mm-hmm. which had Nunez from Pennington. Both of those cards from top to bottom, I think, was the two best cards put on this year so far. And that's a kudos to the UFC matchmaking. But how many people bought it? The lowest amount. Nobody's buying them. So nobody's really seeing them. And these are events that I wish more people, you know, more eyeballs were on. Because this was great mixed martial arts. This was great contest. You got a lot of great stuff out of that night of fights. Now, if it was free or you had to pay $5 for it, like on the ESPN Plus product, you wouldn't bat an eye. You wouldn't even think twice about it. You would automatically get those events. Because they are stacked enough for that. But to pay $65 for them, especially for Nunez versus Pennington... That's a tough sell, man. And I don't see how they're going to continue doing the same amount of events and still putting on 12 pay-per-views that are worth that much money. Mm. I, I, I just mm. don't see it. I, I don't get it. Am I missing something here? I mean, if they decide to do it, I mean, it's all about you got they, – they're probably looking at the numbers. If they're, I mean, if they're, even if there's not as many people buying it, if they're still making you know, more money than they're actually you know, spending to put the fights on, they're going to keep doing it. As long as they're making the money. I mean, I think eventually, if they don't do it now, which I think they sh- you know, should cut it down to maybe like six a year. But, I mean, if they choose to do that, that, that means that they're still making money doing it. But, you know, that I might mean, change. Is it possible that the, the totality of the UFC cards will be on ESPN Plus and pay-per-view and that'll be it? Because you're talking 15 cards on I'll pay-per-view. be okay with that. I mean, I mean, how many fights, they, how many cards are there a year now? How many 39. more? 39. 39 in 2000. 
Uh, and last year, right. in 2017, there was 39. So but their 15 most events, plus 13 is 28, so there is still another 11 to play with. Yes, th- this, this, is, this is what I see. A fraction. The only thing I can go That's off right now is fraction. what happened. Well, not a super small fraction, but not a, not a large chunk of what's left. And they're not going to put on more cards. 2017, they, they put can't. on 2000, I mean, 39 events. Okay, mm-hmm. That's not including Maymac, though, which I think is why. They made the statement that that was their most successful year financially. All right, so ever. there might be another dozen cards in the hopper to sell to somebody. Well, the most Maybe. events they ever did in a year was 2014, which was their worst year since the modern era. Yeah. They did like 44 or something like that. It's it was about a having that, ba- that balance of... It is about balance. Yeah, you don't want to water down the product. But all we know right now, and like I said, we can't, More. We can't sit here and, and jump the gun yet because the, the, the new TV deals hasn't been official uh, finalized yet. Mm. This is all speculation. Mm. Okay. Now, they said they're selling. From what I read, they're selling the pay-per-views. That doesn't mean somebody can't buy them and put them on non-pay-per-view. Mm. They're, they're selling those, that product. They're selling those fights. Okay. All we know so far that's a guarantee is ESPN and Walt Disney is in the UFC business. Mm-hmm. They purchased those 15 live events a year, purchased the Dana White Contender Series, and purchased all this other information that's supposed to be unloaded on it that has UFC content. Okay, we do know that, and they paid $150 million for it. Whether you want to take the 15 live events and divide that by 15, or if you want to take the the Dana White Contender Series and count that as a $10 million, that's an eight-week-long, five-fights-a-week product, and then you still get 15 events, you know, you're talking about 9 to $10 million for an event, right? Like, that's what they're paying them. For each event, they're paying like 9 to $10 million, because let's face it, that's really what's going to get the people in is live events. It's not going to be their 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 all access shows or or UFC Wired or whatever else other content they're going to put on there. The press conferences, that's not what's going to get people in. It's going to be the live content. So if you're paying that much, you realize that's the equivalent of a pay per view doing two hundred and eighty thousand buys. That's what they're paying for a live event. I'm expecting if you are paying that much, which, by the way, this is a fantastic deal for the UFC right now. Mm -hmm. From what we know on paper right now, they're getting paid for everything they put on Fox right now. The Ultimate Fighter, the the 22 or 26 events, whatever they're doing a year. All the UFC prelims that aren't even included in that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was on FX last weekend. Mm -hmm. All of that's included. They're getting so much content, and they're paying $149 million. I mean... 159 million? I don't know. It's still around what they just got for 15 events for ESPN. I think Fox is going to scoop up the last dozen yep. fights. Like, the thing is, the next cable Cards. company that comes in here, whatever they're going with next, the other half to this, whether it is, you know, we keep hearing Fox or NBC. I mean, it makes sense. Fox, I mean, they, they dumped all their entertainment properties. X Men is with the MCU now. Fox is focusing on news and, uh, news and sports. If they're, they're, they, they're they, it would, they got they got money to blow. It depends on how much content. But I'm they hearing sold the X Men. I am hearing that this is supposed to be a two hundred million dollar deal. So you mean to tell me already if they do sign with Fox, they already have a hundred and fifty million dollars in place for the fifteen events. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes in next, right now they're only getting one hundred and fifty nine million. I say only, but they're getting one hundred and fifty nine million. They are literally going to over double mm-hmm. what they're getting in TV rights right now. Mm-hmm. The UFC is not going anywhere. Now, and of my course, only... their goal was to get one tenth of the four point two billion dollar price tag that well, they purchased, and this is not too far off from that. Well, if here's you, the other you, thing: one hundred fifty million plus one hundred fifty million. I mean, you're not you're not too far away. ESPN Plus, as of right from now, that. is only North America. It's only in in, mm. in, in North America. Mm. Everybody keeps forgetting that even this other TV deal is primarily for North America. You know, I know that there's a lot of money coming to the table. Does everybody forget they have TV rights in other places of the world, like Brazil, like UK, mm. like uh, China, wherever they are, Australia? It's not free. Mm-hmm. They're getting paid for that, right? People don't know where all this money's coming from. The UFC is making a lot more money than people are thinking. And I have a feeling by the end of this TV deal, as far as the UFC going anywhere, they're not going anywhere. They're making bank. I can tell off of this this first installment of this TV deal already. Now, the only problem I see is, as a fan, still having to continue to pay for, like, 12 pay-per-views. Like, 
we got to get with the times. I'm not saying go away from pay-per-view. I still think you take certain fights to pay-per-view no matter what. Mm -hmm. If you have Conor McGregor, there is no way you do anything other than go to pay-per-view. That's just silly if you don't. That's just silly if you don't. It's an event. Um, Just like with when Ronda Rousey was around. Just like Brock Lesnar. Uh, John Jones. It, it's mm-hmm, it's silly mm-hmm, not to go to pay per view with those type of guys. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to pay per view with like Nunez versus Pennington, you know Cyborg versus Kunitskaya, you know these are your pay per view main events. Dillashaw Garbrandt. No, that's a good one though. DC Stipe. Yeah, I know. I'm getting back to the good ones. Those type of pay per views though. I feel like they need to go elsewhere. I feel like the UFC needs to cut it down to six pay per views a year. But like I said, I'm, I'm not going to jump the gun yet. This is just a report. But I will say I will be disappointed as a UFC fan if they do 12 to 13 pay-per-views a year. Yeah. That's just, I think it's too expensive. You're asking us a lot. Yeah. You're asking us for a lot. And like I said, guys, again, this is all speculation. We'll find out in time. And I'm sure to tell you once the other parts of this TV negotiations come through, we're going to be ready to talk about it again. But other than that... So what's up with our boy Nate Diaz? What's going on at Combate Americas? I don't know. But from what I gather, the Sacramento Sheriff is now investigating Nate Diaz for an alleged battery at Combate Americas event. Because he Isn't attacked Isn't that what they Clay do there? Oh, so it wasn't sanctioned. Also, um, another... He's he a, attacked He's who? also a UFC fighter, Clay Guida. They had a okay. fight years ago. Clay Guida ended up winning the decision. I don't know what their beef could be still. I don't know what that's all about. I've never heard of anybody disliking Clay Guida before. Hmm. But this is Diaz going to Diaz. Mm. You know, I feel like since... since of course, if anybody's going to, it's going to be a Diaz. I'll tell you what, his name has been out there since his, you know, the, everybody, Dana White announcing that they're trying to put together GSP versus Nate Diaz. Yeah. Nate Diaz has been in the news a lot. We saw him at the Bellator event chumming it up with 50 Cent, Scott Coker. Over there on the sides, which is a very weird dynamic. This this whole 50 Cent and Scott Coker thing, what is going on there? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But he was chumming it up with them. He's trying to slap Clay Guida at the Combate Americas event. He's showing no interest in fighting GSP. As a matter of fact, he was talking about how that's his brother's fight, and GSP tried poisoning Nick before their fight years ago. I, I, I don't wow. know. It's all very bizarre stuff. But right now, he is being investigated by the Sacramento Sheriff. So him and Conor McGregor might be doing time together. Who knows what's going to happen. They might be doing some some community service. I don't know. Sounds like they're lined up to fight again. They're going down the same path, but I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of this. GSP, when Dana White announced that, I was like a little kid. I jumped up for joy. I was getting on you last week saying, how are you not more excited about this? But... As soon as it came out, GSP showing zero interest. Nate Diaz is showing zero interest. Mm-hmm. I just have to rush this, brush this thing off, and go. You know what? These guys aren't fighting. It doesn't seem real. If yeah. they announce I'm it, I'm not gonna jump out of my seat. If they were to surprise us and announce it, I'll be more excited than anybody. But yeah. until it's official, I'm not really gonna give this much time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Nate Diaz is going crazy. I'm just not sure if Nate Diaz is a guy that wants to get back in the octagon again. I, I mean, everything points towards it as far as what I heard. He's still training. You know, he's still staying mm-hmm. in the news. He's just waiting for the right opponent. But Nate Diaz and GSP, it's like trying to get two pandas to me. Good luck. There's four left on the planet, and everybody's just watching and hoping. Don't hold your breath. Honestly, I just don't They're think GSP wants to go down that road again because he already fought Nick, and look what's happening. They're accusing him of steroids, cheating. They said he was overweight. Subterfuge, like he's Vladimir accusations. Putin poisoning his opponent? But one thing Damn. I say about the Diaz brothers. That's no joke of an accusation. But they're not known to be liars. They're not known to fabricate things. They're pretty straight shooters. And GSP's supposed to be the poster boy for Mr. Clean not doing any drugs, but that doesn't mean you're not giving them to someone else. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. Like I said, again, I would love to see the GSP versus Neat Diaz fight booked. 
Um, but GSP I think, is what brought me into the sport, and I'm not excited about this. The just Nick, a little asterisk there, and that's... Um, the mm. Nick Diaz fight was really hard I got a lot of feels about this. Nick Diaz, when they were fighting the lead-up, he really antagonized and brought a different side of GSP I never saw before. Mm. I mean, he was really getting GSP angry. And I don't think GSP wants to do that again. I think he's kind of looking for somebody that's more... I'm thinking, I'm just guessing, respectful. <coughs> Somebody's not going to do all the trash talk. You know, the Diaz brothers, if you think Conor McGregor's bad, the Diaz brothers were the originators are going crazy. Ah, these yeah. guys, they say that I poured the drugs into their Gatorade. Uh, you know that GSP is not, he's not, George APR, he would not do that. He would not do this thing. He would not do this thing. This but is not, this Diaz is not brothers, a thing that George APR would do. With Conor McGregor throwing a dolly through the bus, you got to look back at the times. <sighs> look up the Strike Force brawl. I want a boycott, Nashville but I just brawl. don't think I'm strong enough. They were on CBS, Strike Force, when, when Scott Cooker used to own that organization. Mm. Uh, it was um, Jake Shields versus Dan Henderson in the main event. Jake Shields won, and afterwards, Jason Mayhem Miller entered the cage, and the Diaz brothers and the Rat Pack, as they used to call them, jumped Jason Mayhem Miller live on television in the middle of the Strike Force cage. Let's just put it this way. They were never on CBS again after that. Mm. Uh, look at Nick Diaz when he... Lost to I'm trying to remember that kid's name. It was the former boxer, but he, anyway, he ended up losing a decision that he didn't agree with. Mm. They said he was knocked out. He received a cut, but he felt like he could continue, and they called the fight off. Mm. And he ended up getting a loss for it. I mean, he went crazy afterwards. Mm. He was trying to go after everybody. He's flipping off the cameras. I mean, you watched him just run out the ring, and it, it was it was kind of a bizarre scene. Yeah. Uh, of course, Nate Diaz, obviously, they both have been in altercations outside. They almost fought, who was it, Khabib Nurmagomedov at an event a couple months ago. I mean, this sounds like what Nate Diaz did in the Combate Americas crowd mm. was something that Combate Americas isn't going to allow. Because if, if the, the, the sheriff is looking into it to maybe possibly press charges, mm. sounds like Combate Americas did something Bellator didn't do. As I always said, when, when Conor McGregor entered that cage at that Bellator event, Scott Cooker should have put his foot down and said, I want that man in jail. Yeah. That, that really is what yeah. should have happened. Yeah. But nothing happened. That's crazy that he you know, was a, Nothing happened like the, there. The, the fight wasn't over, <clears throat> and somebody else just walked right in the ring. So I don't know what exactly is going on here, but now I hear that the sheriff's interest. I mean, he could be, I don't know how much trouble he can get in. I don't think he really hurt anybody that bad. Right. But still, I mean, he might have to do community service right. or. Or, or have to waste a day in court over yeah, this so mess. Just that, I mean, that hit that hit on your resume, that's, yeah. that stinks. So I, I don't know what's mm. going to happen. And that might officially, you're right, disqualify him from Combate Americas. But at the end of the day, we talked about the GSP versus Nick, Nate Diaz fight last week. I'm washing it. I I'm forgot that we had talked up. about it. I'm not even kidding. Like, you said that I had pooped on it. Like, I didn't even remember talking about it. I don't. I still don't remember talking <laughs> about it I'm already washing it from my brain. I don't remember. I don't remember talking about it last week. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's how much it stuck with me. And then there's that thing with Yair Rodriguez. You hear about that? No, I don't uh, think Yair so. Yair Rodriguez, uh, 25 year old, his you know bilingual fighter. Mm. Um, he six and one in the UFC, five foot eleven inches tall, uh, in the UFC featherweight division. Okay, he just got cut by Dana White. Mm. Now, the way I know the story so far, I don't know everything behind the scenes. Ooh. But right now, as this goes, Yair lost to Frankie Yeager. He's been out for a year. Mm -hmm. He's healthy now. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, From Dana White's side of things, they said they offered him the Ricardo Lamas fight. Mm -hmm. He turned it down. So I guess that was strike oh, one. Oh, I think I have heard a little bit. Okay, I think I have heard some of this, but I want to hear the details. Yes, yes, yes. That was strike one. Strike two. Uh, they offered him Zabit Magomed Sharipov. That's what Dana's saying. I want to see that guy fight. Yes, I want to see them two fight each other. Mm. Um, and then now, you know, after Dana announced it, remember we were talking about that last week, he supposedly announced that fight for UFC 227. That wasn't true. He turned that fight down too. And then when Dana the Magomed announced Sharipov that fight, fight, yes, and then when Dana announced that fight, there's going to be Yair versus Zabit. Um, Yair decided to tweet out hashtag fake news. <laughs> so I'm looking at it like I guess from the Back. UFC's point of view from where I'm seeing it right now strike one was turning down Ricardo Lamas strike two was turning down as a beat and then mocked him on social media and as we've seen Dana White in the past he's always classy 
So he, he tweets back, hashtag real news, and that Yair Rodriguez is cut from the <laughs> So, this is where we're at. I listened to Brennan Schaub's broadcast earlier, his uh, Below the Belt, mm-hmm. the one where he breaks down mm-hmm. everything, boxing and MMA. First of all, great job. This week. I, I love everything Brennan Schaub had to say. For the week. record, he supported Raquel Pennington's corner earlier. Yes, he supported Raquel Pennington's corner, and he initially was really hard on the Yair And if Rodriguez he's supporting situation. her corner, I... I, I believe him. Mm-hmm. Um, he heard some different things. Like I said, we don't know what the real story is here. Mm-hmm. Yair Rodriguez was a very promising up-and-comer for the UFC. Mm-hmm. Not only for the UFC, if he goes elsewhere, you still want to watch that guy fight. Mm-hmm. Look up his highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Watch his fight. Yeah. He is exciting. Mm-hmm. He throws crazy spinning stuff, techniques and combos that are just unreal at times. Very athletic young man. Now, the way I look at it and the way I'm going to... I mean, this all could be about money, okay? Who knows yeah. what's really going on behind the scenes? This mm. sounds like a, a, a employee and the boss going at it. Mm. But the only way I can look at it, in a day and age where I complain week in and week out that a lot of fighters are turning down fights, mm. that we can't get anybody to fight each other, mm-hmm. especially the top stars, we can't even get them to fight. Mm. Everybody that's made money is turning fights down. Mm. This guy did receive his first loss in the UFC against Frankie Yeager. Pretty devastating loss, too. Yeah. I mean, Frankie... Schooled him. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember that. <clears throat> okay. Now, to come back a year later and to fight Ricardo Lamas, who's just a seasoned vet like Frankie Yeager. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very great fighter, very dangerous. Okay, supposedly he accepted it and then had to turn it down because he was on vacation. I don't know what the full story on that. Anyway, okay, I get it. I get it. You want to fight somebody else. You don't want to fight a, a guy of that stature again, somebody who's so good and, so, you know, who's who's obviously like also like 10 years older than you. You know, he's been doing this a lot longer. But then when you're offered Zabit Magomed Sharipov, like I said, they match up identical. Yeah, mm-hmm. that guy's a beast. He's six foot tall. But so is Yair Rodriguez. He's five foot eleven. They both weigh in 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're... Zabit's record in the UFC, he's three and zero. Yair is six and one. Yair's 25 years old. Zabit is 27. Everything about them, they are, are like the same up-and-comers. Are him yellow? I'm just saying, look, he has the same exact thing as you. And as a fan, I want, I was 100% invested. Sign me up. I thought that thing was a main event. Yeah, here's a beat. I wanted to see that fight more than anything. That yes, is such sir. a great yes, matchup. Sir. Not yes, only sir. that, they're both prospects in the same exact boat. Mm-hmm. Yair Rodriguez was that dangerous up-and-comer just a year ago mm-hmm. that everybody was scared to fight. So Yair can't take a step back and appreciate that this is the most appropriate fight for him. And well, if he's turning down fights like this now, if the reason is because Dana White says that he's looking for some type of softball or he's looking for an easier fight, this is the UFC. Um, at where you're at, you're not in a position to be turning down fights. If you're really not it. ready for a challenge, I'm like gonna give him the benefit now. of the doubt for now. Put a pin in it because I don't want to quite like. Accuse yeah, I want to well, First of all, like, I want to wait and see if that's he's 100. Very cut. hard accusation. It's hard to call a UFC fighter scared, but on the surface, well, it does seem like that is a very real. Possibility. I have to 100 see him Ooh, cut too. I, hope not. I have to see his papers, and he's in a different organization. I have to see that he is cut. Yeah. I want to wait until I see him in another organization see see and we start getting a real story. But this is a time money, and age where I hear games. everybody getting turned down. Money games. I yeah. hear Kamaru Usman. Old bro. I keep hearing Zabit Magomed Sharipov, and I keep hearing James Vick seem to be the three most avoided fighters in the UFC today. <laughs> this is a different animal nowadays, and this might be the send a message. Because so many people are turning down fights, whether it's rankings, whether they're they're afraid to fight a guy that that's you know coming up. Mm. If you're not ready to fight Zabit right now, who's on the same exact level as you, you two go in there and have a fight. That's what you're in the UFC for. When you're in the UFC, there is no softballs. Mm. They don't they don't cater to people's needs. Look at Israel Adesanya. The man went from fighting his first fight, which was I guess technically his softball, <coughs> to going out there against. It's Martin Venturi, who is his kryptonite. That guy was a strong wrestler who was probably not the most idealistic matchup to fight. And he got through that test. And now he's fighting Brad Tavares. And people are screaming that that's too stiff of a test. And Israel Adesanya says, I'm right where I want to be. This is Mm. the fight I want. Nice. He's ready to be champion. That's the Mm. mentality you want. If right now Yair is really turning down these fights, if this is true, 
then maybe you're not ready to be in the UFC because it's not going to get much easier. Mm-hmm. And what if in two years you, they expect you, you know, you get that title shot and then you're turning down fights of challengers who deserve it because you don't feel like you're ready for them. You know, you, you got to mm-hmm. cut this now. Yeah. This is, you know, and the UFC is the elite place to fight. Yeah. It's, you know, and you're not in a position. Anybody in the organization should be willing to step into that championship mm-hmm. out. Like, he's not yeah, in a position where he's selling out stadiums. Like, how? No. Like, why are you going to turn down this opportunity? Yeah. Like, yeah. are you kidding me, I'm bro? I'm tired of the fighters turning down turning down you fights. Might only get but, one, you only get one chance on this rock. Like I said, that's my view with everything I've heard so far. You got to carpe the diem is what it is. If that's not the fact, then... Let's hold off. I'll reserve judgment once I hear the full story. I'm just going off of what I heard now. Mm, mm. But I guess that now, it's time. This is where we separate the weak from the strong. The strong and the weak. <laughs> Joe Newbauer at Joe MMA, our resident MMA historian. Who this week is among the strong. First of all, combat sports in general. Shout out to all of them. What a great weekend. After two weeks of not having a whole lot, not having a whole yeah. lot of great content, yeah. this week came back and it gave me an overload. And it was very What did we have in the last two weeks? Like an LFA card or something? An LFA card. We had the uh, Frank Moore, Frank Mir versus uh, Fedor Emelianenko. Mm-hmm. We had, um, you know, probably some, I, I don't know. I don't even know mm-hmm. everything. All I know is nothing that you remembered that much. Man. And then this week we come out and totally redeem I mean, I just thought all around the board from Bellator to UFC to, to boxing and top rank to glory kickboxing to 1FC, all of them. I watched all yeah, that man. product and I was very entertained. But my strong goes to the man who didn't get the love or appreciation that I felt like he should have got this week, Jack Hermanson. His undercard fight against Taylor Slatis on UFC 224. He fought on the fight pass prelims. Okay, to overcome the adversity that he did. What's his name again? Jack Hermanson. And he fought who? Talis Latis, okay. UFC veteran. To win the first round, and immediately in the second round, you could tell he was in very much pain. Mm. And come to find out, he broke his ribs. Mm. To continue to push through the second round with Talis Latis on top of him the entire round, and him looking like he could, the fight could have been called off at any second. Mm-hmm. To go in the third with that sense of urgency, and then lose that sense of urgency because he went for a flying knee and then a guillotine attempt that didn't work out. And Taylor Slatis eventually got on top. Ooh. But somehow reversed it, got on top of Taylor Slatis, pounded him out for a finish victory in the third round with a broken freaking rip. Damn. I mean, we're all talking about, so that's man, how that about all Raquel out. Pennington. You know, because she said she wanted out of the fight and her corner gradually, nicely told her, I don't think that's a good idea. It's not like they screamed at her and berated her and said, you're a piece of crap, you're getting back in there. No. They said, hey, I think you're fine. You can do this. They gave her motivation, and she went back out in there in the fifth round. Mm. Instead of completely talking about that, this is a guy that should be talked about more. His victory was so impressive, so courageous. I was super impressed. I don't even know if he got a bonus for it, and he deserved one. Great job, Jack Hermanson. You're everything that we love in mixed martial arts, and I'm going to make sure I tune in to your next fight. Who, unfortunately, is among the weak? Oh, it happened on the MMA hour. This is when I just wanted to cut this show off. Okay, after Eric Hawani berated Raquel Pennington's corner, then he went on to have an interview with the legendary Chuck Liddell. Mm. Okay. Chuck Liddell officially announced that he's coming out of retirement. Hmm. He might be fighting Tito Ortiz. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows where this Chuck Liddell saga is going to end up? But anyway, he's officially coming out of retirement, and the near 50-year-old Chuck Liddell, we're going to see him fighting somewhere for some blood money in Mm. Glory... uh, What is it? Uh, Not Glory. um, Oscar De La Hoya's... We need to show Chuck Liddell a clip of that guy from the second or third season of Deadwood who got kicked in the head. No, we need to show him a clip of his last fight. Who got carried around in a wheelbarrow because he got brain dead. He needs to see him versus Rashad Evans again. He needs to see him versus Mauricio Shogun Rua again. And he needs to see him versus Rich Franklin again. I want to see Chuck Liddell Mm. in a movie. Not in the octagon. No, but to say, know. you know what the craziest part about this is? Okay, it's it's pretty crazy that he's saying he's going to officially come out of retirement. But then he goes on to say is... Yeah, that's not the perfect, crazy part. That's not the crazy the part. In perfect world... That is the crazy part if that's it, but that's not the crazy part. His perfect Here. scenario would be... Oh, my God. ...to have two warm-up fights and then fight John 
Jones. Who's not even fighting right Like, why? It, it, why? It doesn't matter. Right Mexican cocaine. The near 50-year-old wants to fight the best pound-for-pound fighter ever, <coughs> who's still in his prime. I don't even know if he's fully entered his prime yet. He's calling out John Jones. Something's not right there. Something is not right. I love his attitude. I love Chuck Liddell's mindset. That's always that's what made him a champion. But that was in like 2005. Okay, this is 2018. This is not the time. I love Chuck. He's one of my favorite fighters ever. I do not want to see this. I do not endorse anybody that's actually going to pay Chuck Liddell this type of money no. to get back in the cage at nearly 50 years old. I will never support this type of stuff. This is the type of stuff where I think people just get too greedy. I'm not, I don't even want to watch. I, I think I speak for everybody. I don't think anybody even really wants to see it. How much money will that really generate? Well, I mean, Scott Coker and Bellator would do it. Right? Absolutely. I, I, yeah. And it, That's I'm not even hearing it's going to be Scott Cooker. I'm hearing he's teaming up with Oscar De La Hoya with Golden Boy MMA. Oh, right. <laughs> if Zufa's going to get right, into boxing, right. they're probably going to get into MMA. I hate everything about this. I don't <laughs> like it. As you should. This is my week, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for coming ringside today, Maniacs. We love when you stop by. Please tell your friends about us. Like, share, retweet, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. There. You should also grab our sister production, Better Health and World, where we dig into the health, behavior, comedy, and culture of what it is to be a human animal. Follow Jenu Bauer at Jonas MMA, Gabriel Tim Bowen and Gabby Anascorti, and me at Crocomo at Matthew J. Better. We love you guys and girls and everyone else. Peace! Peace.